everybody. Welcome. It is high noon on a Wednesday. High noon on a Wednesday. That's right. It's time for you to get your poetry fix. Get your poetry fix here at mutinyradio.fm. We are live Zoom streaming here on the AltaCast today as we do on Wednesdays at high noon. I'm letting everyone into the room. And we're going to get started in a couple minutes. So I'm super excited every Wednesday here at Mutiny Radio. We've been live Zooming this amazing poetry reading with Glasgow, Scotland. It's so fun. I hope that you've been listening all these past weeks. I know you have been because I just looked at the numbers and AltaCast was in the top 10. So thanks for listening to our poetry. That was a little high pitched. I have new work today. I'm super excited to share with the group. I'm going to keep letting everybody in and dealing, uh, dealing and experiencing the joy and wonderment that is choose poetry, choose life. Andy Talbot will be with us shortly. And our good friend Aaron Gannon is under the weather. So don't worry. It's, it's not, uh, it's not contagious. She's great. They're both great. It's amazing that they've put this together and that we've kept it going all summer. And I hope it continues going all summer here at Mutiny Radio. If you'd like to see Mutiny Radio continue on into the future, we have enough money until October 1st. You can donate to our GoFundMe to keep us going through the rest of the year. You can also donate straight to our Venmo at Mutiny Radio, all one word, lowercase. And here's this. I'll shout this out if you're listening. If anyone can help me figure out how to, I didn't know as a small business owner you could get this CARES Act stuff and this unemployment. I had no idea, so I really need a smart money person to sit down with me and help me go through the arduous paperwork that scares me, that gives me all the anxiety. I'm like gonna write a poem about the anxiety of trying to get money from the government. <laughs> like, keep my small business alive, please. Free speech is important. Okay, we'll be right back here. Uh, keep listening to Kope the Japanese Bjork here on Mutiny Radio. We're going to be right back with some great poetry. We're here at Mutiny Radio. I'm trying to figure out uh, the Zoom stuff. We're going to be right back with poetry. Choose poetry, choose life here at mutinyradio.fm.
All right, it's getting figured out. We're figuring out how to... Oh, now Andy's unmuted. We're going to be right back. We're going to figure it out. Uh, it's always a fun time here at Mutiny Radio. All right. We're getting it together. I've got new work. I'm so excited about my new poems. I'm going to plug everybody in now. You're going in. You're going in live. Going in live. There we are. You should be hearing all of my Glasgowian friends. And I'm not yet, so that's kind of strange. Which could be... Popped up there they it. are! Yeah! No. All right. Maybe. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Yay! We figured it out. I'm so excited. Oh, that well, was Pam. great. Hello, Pam. Still, still four to go. Oh, okay. Three, <laughs> two, <laughs> one, two. There we go. Yay! Well, everyone, just there so you know, go. you're already plugged in. So we're live on the radio at mutinyradio.fm. So just so you know that. Oh, you might have, uh, you might have lost some listeners there. <laughs> <laughs> How do you zoom in five minutes? <laughs> oh, right. right. To, cool. We'll have um, a little PowerPoint presentation. So I did have a list for everyone tonight, like all the performance. I have a list, um, but it's not the way I left it because I changed some people around. So, let's see if I can remember how I did this. Is Karen, is Karen here? Oh, um, yeah. yeah, so this is, she's, yeah, Karen's here. She's not unmuted, though. <laughs> Sweet. Karen's um, iPhone, yes. Oh, yeah, there we are. Right oh, now. now there she is. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I'm muted now. Hello. Yeah, we can Hi. hear you. Can Hello. Hear you. I'm just feeding the dog here. I'm missing the dog food. Right. <laughs> uh, the first poem is called, let's see, it's from a book. It was published to mine. It's in a book. I'll put um, postcards from the hedge. It's really basically about no one thinks about bumping into imagination goes in overdrive sort of thing and they were just asking for people to write about that and for some reason they chose me and um, it's called I open my mouth but no screams come out they say your life flashes before your eyes just before you die then why can't I bring a thought to mind why my dressing gown on the back of the bedroom door has grown hands and reaches down and turns the handle of the door. I open my mouth to scream, but no sound comes out. Why must I wrap my sweaty, clammy hands around my beak so tight? Without a doubt, dressing gown by day, Monster by night. I open my mouth to scream, 
but no sound comes out. In the place of the wardrobe door stands a wooden man I haven't seen before, all dressed in black, with a wooden lion and a wooden witch on his back. They keep switching places, so I don't know which is which, or which side the lion's face is. In my lampshade lives a weird man. I don't know how much more I can take. My breath takes a sharp intake. I open my mouth to scream, but no sounds come out. The darkness so loud, the frightness so close, I can touch. My eyes continue to play tricks on me so much. Shadows pick prick my walls, my drawer and discarded books and maker I'm coming to get you look. Uh oh mutiny radio listener, I think I have a freeze. I think I have a freeze on my phone because everything stopped. I was like, is that the end of the poem about the dress that's a monster? Uh, okay, it's connecting again. I'm so sorry, Mutiny Radio listener. It's connecting. I think I need to use a different, I think I'm using the wrong internet right now. And that is a problem. So I'm going to try to fix that right now. Oh, I'm so sorry we're missing our poem. I was really enjoying it. Oh, okay. All right, so now I'm completely off the Wi-Fi. I'm so sorry, everybody. I didn't check my phone before I started, and I was on, I was poaching the wrong internet. So very good. And check in to the Hotel California. Sending Christmas cards and gifts. Miners yelling at other miners for turning up for their shift. School dinner times with lines and lines of long tables. Dinner ladies with lines and lines of long lines on their faces. Water jugs on the tables. Dinner ladies. Are you in or out? You don't like what's for dinner, then you'll do without. My brother listening to his injury LPs in PE, sliding around the trampling, wearing horrible scratchy nylon shorts that your mum promised you'd go into, holding hands out in case someone slipped. Boys played marbles, girls skipped, and pencil sharpeners stuck to the teacher's desk nearly as big as your head. My sister's yellow gingham pukri basket. The liver birds asking, whatever happened to the likely lads? Mixed head, Rubik's cube face, rainbow Brady Bunch and happy days. Then Queen fucked you as the years rolled through. Reason into telephone boxes, listening for the beeps. Tape in the top 20 before the DJ speak. Chopper bikes, 
pigment stripes, arcade, family dustbin lids. Saturday night fever, haven't you heard? Grease is a word. You were in the mood for dancing or made moves like Kung Fu fighting. Dance like dancing queen or drove around in grease lightning. And the last one is called The last one is called My Husband, My Husband, Your Wife. I sat down at the laptop, you know, to check my email and stuff. An online dating site popped up from the sea of faces there. There were two I could place straight away. My husband and his best friend's wife. Why didn't I know? Why didn't I see? What's the fool, stupid with me? Making me a meal, but never taking me out to eat. The promises made with no intentions to keep. More lies, more times of overtime at the office. For hours and hours. Excuses for late lunches. Sending bunches of excuses for flowers. Pretending there was another meeting to attend, and all the time he was cheating on his friend. Then I heard a key in the lock. He walked into the kitchen, and you could have heard a pin drop. He scrolled down the images on the screen, looked at me, and sighed, and said, I suppose this means. They were as bad as us then, with all of their lies. Then, as my husband's best friend, shut the laptop tight, as the pictures of my husband and his wife disappeared out of sight. The strangest that I can't see any of you. <laughs> We've all got smiles. <laughs> uh, so up next we have Rosalind. So I'm gonna unmute you and spotlight the beard. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm Rosalind York, and I'm gonna read *The Farmer's Bride*. Quite how she broke. I'm at a loss. I came in from the field one afternoon to a wash of crockery across the flags and her hands to face, knuckling her mouth, trying to silence the torrent of words. Everything the radio said, she repeated. Everything I said to soften her, she whispered after, like an echo, learning by rote. Every word her ears could cradle. She went to a ward and there she sits, a pillar of wife and faithful to speech. Each person she meets, she flatters with their own music. Why has this happened? What vow did she make to words? That they should make her a sounding board, that she'd obey. I bed down with silence, while words fly to her like homing birds. My words are stopped until she's right and home and shouldering her share enough.
for me to leave her talking to the house as I walk in the wide open, hear bird song, and am amongst the free tenants. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, um, oh, thank you. <laughs> A clap, thank you. Um, so this one's about my daughter. This is called Not Valhalla. Um, she had this thing about Mad Max Fury Road. She went to see it, I don't know how many times. And then her and her mate went out to the local park with um, super soakers, great big water pistols. So this is called Not Valhalla. The point of the brush smokes your eyes into place. Slick black liner paints you as Dusty Springfield on 1960s TV. Your hair stands to attention, green and black, art house, cockatoo, crest. And you were gone, warrior princess, leaving me only your screams at midnight down the phone. You're going to the park with a toy gun. All your destinations, nothing I can imagine. Thank you. That was fab. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, up next, we're going to go to Blackface. Mm. Mm -hmm. There we go. for you. <laughs> uh, it's big news for me, just for me, maybe not for you, but. I've just graduated. Oh, nice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Good news. Um, I did a final project on how video games enable empathy with people that have psychological issues. And I got honors for that project, which is amazing. <laughs> I'm going to study Master's in Translation next year, probably. Right, so big news. That's uh, just all updates on my life right now. <laughs> so the poems. Uh, the first one, I took uh, the song of Wandering Agnos from Yeats. I guess you already know Butler Yeats, very famous poet. I took the first line and built my own poem with the same theme, which is mythology. And I dare you to try to understand all the mythological elements I embedded to it. There's Japanese mythology, Egyptian, Greek, and even Celtic. So it goes like this. I went out to the hazel wood to breathe the green through my nasal tubes to make an appraisal of the natural mood that inhabits the ever-bathed in the moon forest, whose foliage is ever growing, ever glowing, glistening in the effulgence of Celine, shining with the visual perfume of Artemis, while emerald leaves gasp bayous, silver hiss, tiptoeing through the golems of thoughts, while the golden rays of dawn reach my skin whole, and my hair flows as the crown of a bitch through the air strolls, and I unceasingly gaze through the dwelling of avian beasts and horned toads that moan in unison as the wind hisses 
the mystical song of the natural love that afflicts the soul of human and unhuman beings bound together by the mightiest and dying chains that cruel nature could ever gift. A flux engenders a rift across the boreal mist, splitting the bastard field of trees in half like a farmer does to a calf. From a fissure emerge vicious flames, a color named violent violets, spitting cinders while Oppenheimer laughs. Harmony has been sundered, physically shunned, emotionally dismembered, butchered, and mutilated to the core, while Izanami and Izanagi stood and watched. Freya and Bastet weep, Samothras mourns, Cadmus binds his own lips while Zeus grabs Electra once again by her hips. My heart beats in horror. My eyes breathe in lament. My ears find refuge in silence. I am witnessing mud bleeds in concert with the Pachamama's tears. While tears, right hand phantomly shambles in fear. I grab Guy Borg, the mortal spear by its very last cubits. Tighten my grip close to the head and pierce my pectoral arc to reach my heart and amalgamate my soul with the fraxian ash, become one with the ass on ice. Thank you. That was awesome. Yeah. Congratulations as well. That's that's amazing. Thank you, Lai. It's been a great thing for me after being so many years dealing with you know emotional stuff. You know. Yeah. Uh, I got another poem for you. This one is shorter. With yeah, definitely go shorter for shorter lines. Um, I hope you understand. That I'm not very good at rhythm, and this this poem is supposed to have some rhythm, but I'll do my best. It's called Golden Rivers. Poetry is as lucid as music. I witness rhythm as a felony and I am the culprit. I break the laws of poetics. I am an anarchist. I don't even abide by the law of gravity. I levitate through the pages, flutter through the verses. I am a butterfly flying through stages, an actress in the play of life, wearing no disguise, but the sword is ready for the strife. Shakespeare tenderly cries, for I have betrayed his eyes, the rhymes coagulated my mind. I step into the chamber, walk through the gates of amber against the timer, hyperbolic lines that defy the laws of time, lacerate the papers with balls of rhymes, shifting like the climate, hurricanes breathing through my eyelids, the mouth is silent. The heart beats and speaks with the power of the voice. It sneaks, it sneaks through the listener's butt cheeks. The awakening of poems at the hand of the poetess, and the poet is vivid and you know it. There are feelings within feelings living in the moment. These verses are the fruits of enjoyment. Never have I ever been the closest to breaking apart the closet, to let my identity become noticed to enjoy the liberty offered by the fiber of trees that lets me be free to set the seas. Let the seas breathe like the tea I grip, grasp and sip with my lips. Through these lyrics, my heart I open. 
from the warmth and the wrath of my blood, I erupt with liquid love that's golden. Thank you, Flavius. I like I genuinely think you're incredible with rhythm. Personally. Am I? I oh, really yes. No, I, I, I think you've got really good rhythm. Yeah, yeah. So next on the list isn't here. So Finn. Yeah, I'm here. You got to go. Okay, I'm good to go. No sweats. Give me a sec. Good to go. Well, I get to start off with. Um, with one I just wrote last week, this one should be going into uh, an anthology thing that someone's putting out sometime after August, and it's about poems that you read for first time on a Zoom link like this. And uh, the poem will go in, and uh, this event will go in as well, so it goes in like this. And this one's called Life After Zoom. Here is where we are now contemplating bars and food, thinking if we really should venture out to indoor spaces. Pints and glasses, burgers and plates, keeping away has been the norm. Is this the calm before the storm? Masks are worn by one and all, up here anyway. You can still smile, I can see it in your eyes. It's been so long and it's not gone yet, but art has gone and some new friends made. The silence of Zoom in between voices, the hushed hand claps, the distractions of the real. Another week, another day, another poem finds its way into the world. Our lives shouldn't go back to what they were, what it was, ever. But in time, they will, still. We can hope, we can cling on to the now, somehow, for new friends' sake. Who we are, what we are, where we are, we are all here, and here is where we'll stay, and stay is what we do, and who we do it with is entirely up to you, and who. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't, some of you obviously saw, because uh, I keep getting clicks on Facebook, that I got another bit of great publicity yeah, for yeah, my... Yeah. Uh, lockdown thing, and I've got a couple of, uh, hopefully I'll get it published sometime this year. It's been really great. Um, and as you know, my 12-year-old, uh, I call her my trans child, because like, he's a she's a day. Uh, Adrian is her name. And she wrote the last verse. And she actually doesn't mind if I go he, she. She kind of enthralls in that and confusing people and she's 12 year old and I love a 12 year old it deliberately sets out to confuse people uh, I'm just going to read you her last verse before I read you that the other way I've got to do this is the last verse verse 100 and the link word she chose was love 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 is a chemical reaction that compels animals to breathe it hits hard but then it slowly fades which I think is quite deep for a 12-year-old. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, this this next one, last one I'm going to do for the moment is one that 
This has been a good lockdown for me, actually. You know, so I've got two poems published uh, in a Leopard Arts uh, online magazine yesterday. Uh, they called me a veteran poet. That means, you know, I'm the old bugger in the crew there. So this mm -hmm. one's called Toxic Toxicity. I think I maybe read it here before, I don't know. Toxicity. Darkness descends, the streets are foreboding, hooded gangs bubble, dim light shines shapes in the shadows, the toxic city wakes, masks abound, around close shops and stores, few cars emit polluting gases, and strangers eye down, pass each other, winter draws near, the fear still lingers, the year has been like no other, the bodies piled up, the loneliness has eased, but memories, Ah, memories. Remembering when things were fine, when we all lived together, trusting, rightly or wrongly, not now. It's changed. The world is strange. The future remains bleak as we seek answers. Answers which aren't there. Because leaders didn't care. Egos got in the way. Sanity. And many suffered. The toxic city prepares for a long, dark winter. Thank you. Thank you, Finn. No sweat. Cheers. That was awesome. Okay, so, uh, so next up, I need to do something first. Stilly, are you good to go? Yes, yes, I'm here. Uh, right, okay, so uh, last week I did a really risque poem which had lots of uh, <laughs> vulgarity in it. And uh, I, I said that I didn't do much children's stuff, but I did do a few children's stuff. And I do a lot of my stuff, and I do do quite a bit of children's stuff, but this is the one that um, children seem to enjoy if ever I inflict it on them. I always say um, this is a tale of endurance, not only for the characters, but for you. <clears throat> The Parsimonious Lighthouse. There once stood in the cold North Sea a lighthouse tall and straight, which was manned by two brave souls, the keeper and his mate. The keeper's name was Pegleg Pete, a prudent, careful sort, who knew the way to keep his job was keep the spend to naught. He feared that lighthouse keepers could be swapped for new devices, which did the work of several men at fractions of the prices. And so to make sure both ends met, Pegleg peg peg kept scrutiny on all the outgoing costs whilst Frank looked out to sea. Frank was the lighthouse keeper's mate and it was his plight to follow all his boss's plans which kept the ledgers right. When the tide was out and calm, Frank would search the rocks for barnacles and seaweed strips and dinner he'd concoct. 
When the fire was burning low, Frank was sent afloat to find loose bits of driftwood or pick scraps off the boat. He'd wash their clothes in sea salt foam and paint the walls with kelp. For breakfast, they had seagull's eggs found without peg legs help. Then one, first, then one day, this tiny team had its first argument about how to cope frugally when the lighthouse light bulb went. I'm not running round with a torch all night, said Frank, his voice getting higher. And we've burnt everything that's worth burning, so we can't make much of a fire. Calm down, calm down, said Pegleg Pete. Of that I'm quite aware. Go up and fetch the cellar key. I'm sure we have a spare. So up and round and 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 up and round. Frank went to get the key. Up and round, up and round, and 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 up and round. He got there finally. Down and round, and 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 down and round, with the key held tight. Down and round and 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 down and round. He ran with all his might. The storeroom shelf was full of bulbs, each different, every one. So Frank was sent to fetch the bulb which recently had gone. Up and round and 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 up and round. And up and round and up and round, Frank went to get the dud. Up and round and 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 up and round as fast as as he could. Down and round and 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 down and round with the bulb held tight. Down and round and 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 down and round. He ran down every flight. As quick as that, they found a spare, a 20,000 watt. And so Frank gathered up his strength to run back to the top. Up and round and 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 up and round. And up and round 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 and up and round. Frank ran upstairs, although up and round and 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 up and round. He left the bulb below. Down and round and 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 down and round. Down and round and 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 down and round. Cursing as he climbed. Down and round and 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 down and round. Frank got the ball this time. Up and round and 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 up and round. Frank ran with all his might. Up and round and 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 up and round. He went to change the light. 
Down and round and round and round and down 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 and round. Frank tripped on the top stair. Down and round and 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 down and round. Still holding the spare. Poor Frank had broken every bone. He looked an awful sight. And what was worse, they both observed it was not long till night. Twas then the lighthouse keeper sighed, this is no time for thrift. Just for once, forget the stairs. Why don't we use the lift? Considerable waste of your time. <laughs> I'm oh, man. Uh, you must be knackered now. <laughs> Uh, I think we all need a break. On, like. <laughs> on people's encouragement last week, I've um, started my own website. So I'm going to yeah, yes. yeah, I'm going to put Brilliant. the details in the, the, the box below. So you can all click on it and see. And waste great, time great thing. <laughs> That's fantastic. That was hilarious. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, could, I could hear everyone laughing. In the, that was awesome. Yeah. I love that. Holly's eyeshadows running. Mm. <laughs> 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 All right, okay, so up next, we are going to go to Ken. Ken yay! Hello, Ken. Hello, folks. Hello, Thanks. hello, Ken. Yeah, that, well, follow that, right. Uh, first of all, get my enormous face off the screen so as not to frighten myself. Okay. Um, this uh, this first poem um, is about having reached a certain point in your life, and I'm not talking about midlife crisis. I'm talking about something a bit further on than that. Um, it's called "No Particular Place to Go," which, of course, is the title of a Chuck Berry hit, and that mm. is relevant. It goes like this: Far beyond the point of no return, past all reach of aid or intervention having hauled the same ragged sled full of that stuff you thought you needed for considerably longer and further than could ever be called sensible, earbuds embedded and player set to shuffle in the hope of taking the edge off the sheer bloody tedium of the exercise, and notwithstanding a lifelong commitment to vegetarianism, having long seen, since eaten the last of the huskies, you find you've arrived. Welcome to the magnetic North Pole of your life, the place beyond which all further journeying, regardless of apparent direction, can only be, at best, a managed retreat. Your compass needle knows it too. Hitherto an unswerving monotheist, impressively certain of purpose, absolutism's biggest fan, now it dawdles, sheepish, shocked at its own indecision, and, frankly, embarrassed by the whole thing. And it is here and now that in an act of serendipity so sweet that if your lips weren't frozen solid shut, you'd laugh out loud, it happens. For once, indeed for the only time so far in the entirety of your journey, the shuffle pixie gets it right, drops the virtual needle on Chuck Berry and his trademark Gibson chime. Thank you. <laughs> 
Okay, um, now as it's the middle of summer, I thought I'd do a poem about snow. Um, yeah. well, actually, technically, it's not about snow, it's about the English language and something with, that I think is missing from it. Uh, this poem is called Alack. Why, in English, haven't we a word for the uniquely squeaky, staggered crumple fresh snow gives when trodden underfoot? I'll own up now. I haven't been to look, but I'll offer you an even bet the Swedes have got one. Likewise, Danes, Norwegians, Finns, the whole fur-booted, four-wheel-driven, herring-chewing crew. Not us, though, or, as far as I'm aware, not yet. At any rate, not to the point of being in such common use as to have caused orgasm at OEDHQ. It would be rather fun to have one, don't you think? Not fancy, showy, technical or difficult to spell, just something short, evocative, sufficient to the task. A little, soft but brittle word to thrill the palate, chill the tongue and chase around your teeth before it melts. Cheers, folks. And, uh, thank you. Uh, this last poem um, was written in the wake of having moved from groovy, swinging, happening London, uh, East London, where the hipsters live, in fact, uh, to <laughs> Norfolk. And for the benefit of those who don't live in the UK, Norfolk is a very rural place. <laughs> um, this is called a rural practice. The vet, he toils insomniac, a hostage to nights spent tossing feverishly, restless, robbed of sleep. For regardless of how thoroughly he's washed it, his manhood remains resolutely redolent of sheep. The shepherd, knowing naught of this, sleeps well. A husband and a father, he abhors such vile folly. Copulate with ungulates, he'd sooner rot in hell. His wedding tackle smacks of border collie. The dog trainer has no such base proclivity. Her charges run no risk of being molested on their walks. She never bears a whiff of any bestial activity, save when the moon is fullest and her firkin rank with fox. The huntsman would deride this trait as monstrous. Unthinkable, he'd snort, guffaw, hoot, chortle, bellow, laugh mindless of the fact that in his jodpers he reeks of filly and of stallion, both ways, fore and aft. But yon worthy's humble stable lad is wiser. He knows better than to put it where it should not astray. Each new dawn, by turns, reveals upon his early riser the musk of Huntsman's wife, her son, and his new fiancé. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Thank you, Ken. Right, so quarter to nine. Does anyone fancy taking a break? Yeah, I think a few people are muted. Do you want to put your hand? Like, still, do you want to put your hands up if you want to break? Yep, yep, yep. We've reached poetry right, saturation cool. here. Um, Until the break. Yes. So, 10 minutes. 10 minute break happening here. Cool. We're going to be back at 12.55 uh, with more poetry. Yes, yes, Y-E-S. Would anyone like to be on mute? Yes. You 
are you're listening to Mutiny Radio. We're going to take a 10-minute break, and we'll be back. I'll be playing some music in the fills. We'll be back with more poetry. Choose poetry, choose life. Today with host Andy Talbot. Go buy his book. What's your book again? It's a, I, I know the picture uh, on the front. It's someone getting punched or something. Uh, old Wounds, New Skin. Old Wounds, New Skin. Andy Talbot, poetry book, out now. Changed in the second edition with, I think, three new poems he was saying. So that's exciting. Yes. We're going to be back with more poetry. Choose poetry, choose life in 10 minutes. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> There's a bit in the end where I check off and sometimes I don't uh, neaten things up as I should. Um, not apologizing. <laughs> and in the fills, we'll play a little Bug House Square. If you want to know about Bug House Square, you can listen every Tuesday from 6 to 8. And they have sounds from the basement, which is really great and new music. Sean's amazing, and you should listen to his show. You should download it. There's so many. He's been doing this for like 10 years. He has so many amazing shows, so much wonderful music. So go into the Bug House Square and download some stuff, buddy. But until then, listen here. We're going to be back with more poetry in 10 minutes. Choose Poetry, Choose Life from Glasgow, Scotland, and all over the world. Those of like watching. Oh, I was trying to let me get a little bit farther in. I think there we go. Going on. Oh, oh he's still talking. I don't see. There we go. There we go.
Yeah, that's uh, four-way cross long talk. Uh, we're going back to the basement. This is uh, the Quiet Type. They're a metal thrash crossover from Santa Maria, California. Uh, Quiet Type is a California Central Coast crossover thrash project formed by a group of absolute motherfucking killers. All right, man. Uh, with that said, this is Hatred Within. If you dig this, look for the Quiet Type on Reverb Nation. Got bad touch. I'm touching this. Will you? Ooh, let's not let's not play that. Let's not play death metal in the middle of the choose poetry, choose life. <laughs> Beautiful poetry reading, and all of a sudden death metal comes on. It's like ah. We're going to be right back with Choose Poetry, Choose Life in like, it's actually technically been time. But some death metal did come up, and that's very funny, and I will remark on that quickly. Um, I want to write as a poet. I want to make money someday. That's probably not going to happen. But I thought I could write lyrics for death metal because lyricists, you know, they make money or whatever. So I wrote a couple songs. Uh, the first one is about things people like. Those puppies, kittens, unicorns, lots of porn. People love porn and end rhyme. It makes them feel complete. Uh, the second song involves assonance. All the poets on the call know what assonance is. That's a rhyming between slant rhyme or rhyming vowel sounds in, in between lines. And it goes, at dawn with chainsaws. If you don't speak death metal, that's at dawn with chainsaws. It's the ah sound, but it's being slant rhymed. Uh, my third song, I think it's going to be my big money maker. It's called 23-Year-Old's Lament. It goes, I have the worst roommate. Knock, knock, knock on the door while I masturbate. Oh, mom, why do I live with my mom? That was a death growl. That's a convention of death metal. So that's how I'm going to use my poetics for good. I'm going to write lyrics for death metal. I think we're back here on the call. Hey, everybody. Are we back? Are you back? Yeah. There we are. Hey. And we're back. Choose poetry. Choose life here with Andy Talbot and friends. And Pam Benjamin hanging out here in San Francisco. They're in Glasgow, Scotland. We got more poetry coming at you. Cool. So I think to kick off the second half, we're going to go to Leslie. Is that okay? Yep. That's Sweet. fine. All right. What do I read tonight? Heavens. Um, all right. I'm going to start with um, <clears throat> Love This Night. Love This Night. This is the night that we break it down, the divides, the separations, the rifts the fissures and love each other. This is the night, not, not no pretend, no fake. I love you, man. I love you, woman. I love you, brother. I love you, sister, thumping on the back. No holding back the wisdom, the release of real embrace, but the real thing, love. What would it be like? How would we go about it? 
what would pure love be? What would it feel like, smell like, look like? Is there anything, is it anything we know? Any place we have already been? Are we intimate with the real get down intimacy of real love? You gotta break it down to the moment because it happens in the cracks, the flit of energy coursing across a room, the shadow out of the corner of your eye, the blink of the eye that is God in action, God in movement, God dancing. The dancer is to the heavens as the fisherman is to the sea. Above and below, it is sheer, pure love and love only. That slippery moment when a chord from a guitar penetrates your bones. How would we go about it, meeting love? Maybe it's as simple as paying close attention to that slippery moment, that too fast to catch flicker of movement by the dancer in freeze frame pirouette, the light flick of the wrist of the fisherman casting the line. Pay attention to the moments in between. Stand upright, look it in the eye so that your love, the love coming your way, the love with your name on it, hurtling at you, coming for you, the love that is there for you and no one else that is right there in front of your face, even if you are not looking, gets noticed. Look it in the eye, hold on to it, see it, be with it, if only for one moment before it slides down off of you and falls between the cracks. Thank you. All right. I categorize these poems um, as my rants, and maybe they're not rants, but <laughs> this one's called Sunspots. The force of the sun loosens its grip only when you are sleeping and dreaming your personal dreams of the just, your dreams, not mine, of beauty, harmony, and that which you think you are. Are you that, or are you other? Are you mindful? What secrets in the explosions, the flare-ups? What secrets we hide? The far-reaching arms of the sun and its glorious outrage, the tentacles of self-reverential power that lay claim to us all, that will to power like the sun, that wonderful, cocksure, almighty will that eats itself and all that is around it. Who are we to say we know? Who are we to say that we are wise? Who are we to say at all anything except I serve? Not the I am, not the I am that I am, but that I serve, simply that. And if you serve, if you say you serve, who is it that you serve? Me? I don't think so. And I don't ask for this. Never would I ask for this. I serve myself and need no help. Surely, if nothing else, you see this. And if not me, then who? You serve yourself less surely than you serve me. Pray for it, my friend, that we attain balance, that we meet at best and by default only in the middle. The sun, our redeemer, that rascal adventurer like us remains firmly, surely in the center. And this is just, isn't it? This is just. There is wisdom in the darkness that cloaks us in disguise under cover of darkness. We emerge at times as that which is most rare. Ah, yes. The phantom moonflower 
twining into, into the inevitable. inevitable. It is the night journey we undertake together, and in our night journey we bloom, and we bloom in beauty, lovely to behold. In our darkness, it is the wisdom of the shadow world that shields us, forgiving us our follies of the day. Babies of the shadow world, we sleep like the little lambs of the flock, always innocent, always new and unsullied, untroubled by our daylight selves, our white thick fleece shielding us from self-knowledge. We remain always unrepentant, never saying I'm sorry, never forgiving the other or ourselves, always asleep and dreaming our dreams. At night, nourished by the sun, comforted by the moon, always we grow longer, wider, more vast and knowing, nourishing, nourished in body and mind and spirit. Our souls longing for more, for growth, for the union of soul on soul, soul with soul. Can we have it this time around? We are the balance of light and dark. We are the daughters of the sun, the sons of the moon. We are both and neither. We are only that which and those who forgive ourselves and each other. We are only this, for our time is sometimes short. I imagine a world where the sun forgives us our nighttime follies, our flirtations with the moon. I imagine a world where the moon forgives us our daytime dramas, the insufferable pride, our monstrous whims. I imagine the balance of the light and the dark, and it is mine. Thanks. Those were a bit long, so I'll stop at that. You can do another one if you like. Oh, yeah? Yeah, do another one, Leslie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. So uh, what what would you guys like? A love poem? Yes, or, yes, love poem. Or, yes, or a yes, poem yes. about words. Probably a poem about words. Yeah, but, I mean, I, yeah. yeah, I think I think people would like, I'm a sucker for a love poem, but yeah, do the, do the word one. I'll do the love poem oh, next yay! week. <laughs> Brilliant. This one's. This one's called the Shaded Cloud. Um, I'm one of those people who love clouds. And, and here in, in, in England, the UK, they have um, the Cloud Appreciation Society. <laughs> and for 30 pounds, you can join and become a member. And what they do is they take pictures of clouds rather than nattering about them. So I think that's a wonderful cause. I love clouds. So this one's called the Shaded Cloud. The thoughts that come to you, come into your head and rumble round or snake insidious, the ones, you know these thoughts, the ones that have shape, their own substance and form, image, even music that cannot be given voice, never that, because this asks too much, too much. Like clouds forming and shifting, disappearing and reforming, they are yours, fragile, inside the workings of your mind, like when the sun hits cloud, Fragile, they are amorphous, oh. unheard, and deeply, this deeply is, private. Is, um, of, uh, centuries away. Just... I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Sorry. Right. <laughs> and deeply, deeply private. These ghosts of thoughts, your ghosts of ideas that form wanting birth yet hide, wanting yet hide, waiting and want and wait and jeer sometimes, these phantoms that cannot stand up to the proof of considered thought, that cannot stand up to language, that cannot exist in the light of day, but only in containment. Is that what your life is? 
Is that who you are? No one knows but you. They are the formation, your thoughts of clouds. They are the beginning. They are the seeds, clouds becoming rain. Or the easy words you say, words without clouds when the sun is right up there bold and over hot in the sky. Even though you are in shadow, these words you say, forming them with your mouth, your tongue, your lips, is this you? We can falsify, we can deny, we can withhold, hold deep into us those truths which have no form but only words, or which have only form and not words, or words that won't form and wait until forever for the true thoughts to override them with chit-chat, with the mundane, the inane. But there is that moment, yes, when the weight of, the weight of necessity, the weight of insistence, the weight of our own truth, the need to, the need to get these damn things out of our heads and finally deeply say, speak, talk, write, scream, get out, get out, get out, shapes, the constructs, the towers, the rivers, the pyramids, our islands, the bridges, explode them all and talk, write, be, make the bridge, fuse them, private ideas, public talk, you are the seeded cloud, you are the rain, make us all wet. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you. So next we're going to go to Christine Fowler. Hi. Um, I've been away um, the last fortnight, hi, um, on holiday. And now I'm a little too in Caliban, it's 40 years old. <laughs> so I've most of the poems I've been doing over that time are obviously very nature related um, as I've been out in the countryside. Uh, I will toss in something that's slightly different from that just so I don't do everything on one flavour. But there's a lot of poems about trees because I really, really like trees. <laughs> uh, the first one's called uh, Ghost Trees. Flocks of birds fill the sky below. Ghost trees hard pressed line up grey and white in the steady pouring rain. Night's negative vision photographs the scene in a still which lingers in the air. No movement, no sign of life or sound to disturb this picture hanging there. Then, in a blink, the vision changes as sound once more is heard. As the owl's voice sails across the wind and the death cries of mice screech out and flocks of birds no longer hang within the sky. Below, trees footed in the dark loamy ground hide amongst the flickering shadows brought by the shady sinister gusts which swirl in passioned showy play. But still, the negative tones of grey and white fill the darkness of the night. That's the first one. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. The second one is not a nature one and it's called Knowing That My Heart Is Breaking. Knowing that my heart is breaking, I turn my face away, my words unspoken. Instead, tears slide down in silent pain. I sink, curled in misery down upon the floor and there I wait for the darkness within to match my shadow 
my sorrow and my shame. It wasn't what he said or did. It wasn't that at all. Instead, it was misfortune that gave my pain and took its toll. It was what I did and didn't say that was revealed to him. It was only then I realised what I have thrown away, as I was left all alone, bereft, facing a life that felt so grim. Um, the second one. Um, the, the third one, I'm going to do four because I tend to do shortish ones. Um, the third one, um, I was driving along and the view out of one side of the car was at such a contrast to the rest of the countryside. Um, and it sort of prompted this poem and I've called it Tree Cemetery. Tree cemetery, desolate and grey, shorn stumps weeping sap and toothpick branches sticking up or snap. Death camps of bald stumps cut and left to bleed in a ravaged land, rising stark and alone, isolated scattered trees bereft and lost, mist snapped off branches raising high arrow upwards peace in the sky. The land, a war-torn landscape, as logging machines scream and hiss, tearing the forest, unable to resist. Earth's lungs torn into shreds to fulfil man's greed as woody dryads weep and die, and trees no longer reach the sky. Mm. Um, the, the last one is called Green Gold Barley which is, it sort of starts off in that vein, but it sort of goes darker as it progresses. Anyway, and this was when I was, one of the places we stay in the caravan, we always stay in what you call CLs, which are little tiny um, farm sites and behind pubs where you have a maximum of five caravans. So you tend to be quite often the only one there. And this particular one had a sort of a half a mile walk up if you, if you didn't drive out which was along this path. And this was on one side was this field. Um, so green gold barley. Green gold barley reaching for the sun in lushly grown fields sown by the farmer's hand. In the hedgerow, way up high, rowan berries hang in clusters red. I wander past with footsteps softly falling. As birds forage round my feet, hollow boned and as fragile as the wind. Lime, verdant grass and stretching banks along my path accompany me. As I peer through bushy branches flung, grasping across the bordering banks into the shadowed darkness of the trees. Juxtaposed another world, distinct from golden sunshine bright, filled with hidden secrets which my eyes cannot quite see. It draws me from my shining path, footsteps treading across the grass. Then pushing the bushy foliage aside, I dare to look through the branches. The hair on the top of my head lifting prehistoric alert as my body senses danger beneath the shadow hidden amongst the trees. The cold wind reaches for my face as if to suck me in. My feet take over my brain and moving backward, Return me to the path again. Thank you.
Thank you, Christine. Hi. Um, so up next, we're going to go to Holly. Hi, everybody. Um, let me Hello. just get back onto everyone because then I have to look at myself, and that's freaky. Um, so I have quite a few uh, new ones um, that I've written since the last time I was here, but they're all quite short. So we'll just see how far we get before I run out of time. Um, the first one that I'm going to read is called Where Your Ashes Lay. The first buds of your rose open today and yellow petals peep through. Can you see through the eye of the bud or its stigma? Is it a good view? Or from the silver castle on its chain around my neck? Or drunk among the rose hips tended by your son? Or do you move your consciousness between the places where your ashes lay? Silly lies, but they keep you alive for me. First one. Thank you. Um, the second one I'm going to read is called The Moth. How did you come to be here? A fluttering intruder in my home, hypnotized by a natural light. Beautiful but modest, you prefer the night, unlike your slutty sister, Butterfly. I watch you dip and twirl, yellow wings beat faster than I can perceive. A miracle of nature and evolution. The cat sits and watches you but doesn't move a muscle, lazy bitch. You flutter around his head, but he doesn't see. Mm -hmm. Oblivious to your presence and your beauty. Um, the next one I'm going to read, um, I'll explain slightly. Um, I'll also, it comes with not exactly a trigger warning, but an offense warning. If you are religious, specifically Christian, um, you're not gonna like this one. And I apologize genuinely if you're offended because I would never set out to offend anyone, um, but you know, free speech and stuff. Um, so a friend of mine on my Facebook posted a video this week. Um, what is the word that Christians use? Um, I can't remember the word, but telling everyone um, on her Facebook about, oh, witnessing, that's it, witnessing about a miracle that had happened to her the night before. Uh, she'd, apparently one of her legs was a, a centimetre shorter than the other one. And she'd met up with a pastor friend and they'd prayed for her. And when she woke up in the morning, her leg was <laughs> magically the same, her legs were magically the same length. And she was genuinely like, amazed by this amazing miracle and then rather than commenting on her video and you know being a bit rude i decided to write a poem about it because she's never going to read it anyway so here we go it's called jesus privilege how good god is i hear you cry an earnest twinkle in your eye a bona fide miracle you honestly see of your infirmity you are finally free praise the lord he's blessed and favored his white, wealthy child, Jesus saves her. How good to know God loves his kids, unless they're poor or brown, God forbid. While Africa loses her children to AIDS and millions in India are living enslaved. While cops murder black people for walking down the street and so many of your neighbors don't have enough to eat. 
refugees flee war and famine, then from crowded boats are hurled, and an incurable virus ravages the world. Illness, disease, persecution, suffering untold. Pollution and climate crisis slowly warm our globe. But you, oh privileged, blonde-haired child of God, don't have to beg. Praise Jesus, one centimeter longer and a miracle later. He's fixed your fucking leg. Time on my own. Have we got time for another one? Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. Oh, dope. Um, okay, uh, I have two to choose one, so I'll do similar and I'll let you guys choose. I have a poem about my brother who's autistic or a poem about friends that I've made over the Zoom since lockdown started. Which one? Do both. Uh, are you sure? I don't want to rob anyone yeah. else's time. We have loads of time. Okay, I'll uh, I'll do the the uh, one about my brother first. Then it's called like trying to draw blood from a stone. When you were a child, you spoke with a stutter for a while. You would sigh in frustration at your tongue, its stubborn refusal to articulate your thoughts. But we knew that they were there. Your thoughts, many and wonderful as they were. After a while and lots of patient silence, you mastered your tongue and your confidence and you were able to speak clearly again. You were the answer to a prayer, mon petit frère, and if the world were kinder, there would be no need for labels or phrases to explain away your quiet, gentle ways, your innocence and childlike play, your obsession with llamas. But society, obsessed with norms, must push upon you its diagnostic forms. Autistic, just a word to put in a box for people who don't behave the way they like. When you became a teenager, you stopped talking again, sat at your computer, headphones on, rarely choosing to articulate your thoughts. But I know that they're there, your thoughts, many and wonderful as they are. After a while, I patiently hope you will master yourself once more and will be able to speak clearly again. Um, last one, uh, it's called The Void and it's just a really, really short one. The Void, a perfect stranger, a burgeoning friendship forged in the void. My grandmother passed on years before my birth. So I know that peculiar longing, the love for, and how you can miss someone you've never even met. Thank you. Thank you, Holly. Thank you. Pam, do you want to go next? Oh. Wow, cool. Uh, let me... Yeah. Oop, I gotta unmute. Uh, there we go. Hey, everybody! Yay! Yay! I got poems! I wrote a new poem. Oh, gosh. Zoom is weird, friends. I... If you, if you follow my poetry, <laughs> uh, you would know that I, I have a crush on every boy. And I've written a lot of poems about boys. But Zoom is weird, man. I've been getting into some weird stuff. And you'll see it in this poem, I think you will. Okay. Uh, it's called Shoot the Messenger. 
and um, it means it means messenger like you know in a couple different ways, but mostly like the computer messenger that we've been using. Anyways, okay. In distance is their closeness, winged thought, my old man who could believe. Tethered by this screen, whispers and accents in the dark. Your nipples, or my nipples are hard from your voice. And what is really intimacy? Words of sharing making me wet, your eyes tied to my breasts. Pixels and zeros, where is the one? It used to be pen and paper and horses delivering messages of lust across lands. And now, shoot the messenger. I've been doing some dirty things on, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gross. I've never, that was the thing is like, I've never, I've never done like video stuff before. I've never FaceTimed. I've never Google chatted, hangouted. I've never like done anything like that at all. And I am, this is, a, COVID is a new world, friends. Okay. <laughs> right okay I, I would I just I've never experienced anything like that and I'm like oh this feels uh, oddly it feels sort of like SM stuff because there's a lot of consent and there's a lot of like are you gonna and, and anyway we're not gonna get into that so much uh there's I wrote two I wrote two haikus uh this week uh, one is called the chair <laughs> philosophically you are irreplaceable did you think of me the chair. I was thinking of Plato's chair. Okay, and this one is called Honeypot. When will I be free? The boy has my Oh, let me start again. Honeypot. When will I be free? The boy has my heart captive in his jammy hands. Mm. Mm. Okay, so I'm just going to read a few things here from this crazy poetry project I did. And I, it, it's Flarf. I don't know if you guys know it. Flarf was like this convention of poetry from like, I don't know, 2006 to like, I don't know if people still do it, but it's where you take other things and you put them together. A lot of it's almost comes from like found poetry from Burroughs, but not really because you're using the internet in an interesting way. So I wrote this poetry book where I took all of the poems from people in class, in poetry class, because they were their babies. And then I went into loud bar bathrooms and like really loud places. And I called my friend and I left a message. And then my friend changed the message from voice to text. And then when it did a terrible job, we told it it did an awesome job. So that it came out with all of these tropes. And then I took them and I reformatted them into these poems. And it, I called it the little book of pedophilia because I was sort of raping my friend's poems. And also this book I wrote turned out to be about this like child sex ring with coke whores and moms selling their children. I don't know how that happened, but it, it did. So I'm just gonna read a couple from this book that I wrote called the little book of pedophilia. And the problem is that uh, people didn't like the name. So they were like, you can't do that. And so I never, anyways. Maybe I should come up with a different name. I don't know. Any ideas? Okay, so here's the first one. Hey, country, here's your difficult to govern. Seeing is little. It was like the office trying to write an issue or something like hello 
Well, you know I hear you. Two. Theory and more about the 18, and we go further on into mourning. Whoever's liver battled this season's mother, Marianne, or something coming into my house, finally bursting Jordan Schroeder, a memory. You might hear loud noises, but that's my house in the shrapnel hail I am proud to stand under. Three, discussing something fine like that drop or Trent or Jim Carlisle touching why you came. I'm doing him on bitter weakness. Come find me, hee <laughs> hee. Stand around the middle of the road. LOL, Kane Campbell blurred in. I'm sorry for you. Four, other strollers shuttle, shutter totally convenient. Think straight, she team and buy. That she who's down, what's going on? Lie or buy, worn a hole in the nose. Mary Ann has a huge white yeah. I'll do one more. Afterthought direction guy sways Jordan's songs apart. Oh well, the period is out of the bird, not a peak animal. And that's just to show their everything cascade. Susan proposes to go on further, say sorry, bye, whenever. Watch traction yawn silence at the white mart. A finger thinks for a cool meeting on how the world balanced. Okay, so that's <laughs> that's the uh, that's the little book of pedophilia. There's like 72 of them, and it goes on and on, and it becomes this crazy thing. So, Flarf, who knew? Thank you! Yay! Yay! That's awesome. Thanks, Pam. Yeah, you bet. Um, so next, we're gonna go to. That's excellent. I'm up and Finn has to thank you. There we go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you're going to get some new things, some workshop things, and something so new that I've literally just pieced it together. So it's not quite, it might not be quite everything it's going to be yet. Um, I've been attending an online write club on a Monday morning and then a review on a Friday. And uh, last week, <clears throat> our theme was wormhole weaknesses. Uh, and this is what I wrote. At the moment, because I'm no good at like physics and astrophysics, I stuff. Uh, it's called the presence of beauty. One glance, that look. People flick up across eyes before hands drinking and I am tumbling to another place. Not just falling, everything melting and drifting until we meet, reach quiet, not just another's place, but our space. That smile, that creep up my spine, the tingle in my brain every time I drift, it's this. Close my eyes and see something close, shattering the truth. Can't stop myself staring even when it's crumbling and I am stumbling. Your warmth, the very essence of your presence transmits in life, on screen, in my ears, in dreams, everything drills further down this rent we made, the rift you created in me and this slide takes me to a place where I am nobody but love, crossing all the states of matter. 
we all have places that we fall, whether we have chosen to or not. I was sliding before my brain knew my feet were lost. My wormhole weakness is you. Um, the, the other thing is, is that we do tend to do on a Sunday afternoon when we're meeting as allegraphics is um, bibliomancy and uh, <laughs> last Sunday's uh, bibliomancy came from a book about sustainable building because <laughs> you know it's either that or daffodils are dangerous or you know the, the uh, research methods and statistics. <laughs> So um, this one doesn't have a title just quite yet. I am adding pieces, sewing in patches and rebuilding where once you created strength. Now I accommodate your weakness, wondering if I was what wore it away. With every new gust, I'm making small changes as if preparing for bigger ones. Compression strength is something I have had to find learning as I build, stringing wires as the earth quakes. Racing against a forecast, I seem to see where you cannot. Racing to apply cement and lime, the mesh of years requiring replacement, trying to prove my house of straw might weather another storm, wishing with all my might that I had structural skin. I've been um, trying to engage with the fact that I'm called prolific. I don't like the word prolific. It bothers me a lot. Um, because to me, it's nothing good. Mm. And so I decided that the best way to try and engage with that was to write about it. So for want, brother Ken, of anything better to call it, it's called lexically fecund. Mm. <laughs> I'm not wearing the t-shirt tonight, sorry, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Prolific is the things that grow into my house that they will not tell us how to solve. The oversped time lapse, the one where you don't just get the flower, but the bloom of decay. It's the nightmares, the creeping skin the leaves and stones coming from within. It is the hair requiring removal, the things I cannot stop, the mould in the night that screams that I think everyone can see. It's the voice that whispers, Rosemary. It's nothing good. It's fungus on dead wood, wet fingers that point to quality is more important than quantity, and yet still it keeps coming. Pro-life ick. I am that, happy for what is green and growing in its proper place, happy for love and growth, happy for the living of it, very much in favour of the living of it. But in words, suggests, a tongue that won't stop running and a pen that writes alone, spewing nonsense until the ink runs dry, the emetic pushing out something new, driven by the fear of coming up empty. It is everything annoying I've always feared I am. Is this poem going on and on? So I hope to blossom, not to mushroom, make space for all the words to bloom. 
and if I grow more than that, if I, and if I grow more than before, then that proliferation I will own. Thank you, Beth. Next up, we're going to go to AJ. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, okay. Oh, God, those are brilliant. Um, mm. Right. Uh, so I'm going to do three. I'm going to start with a new one that I wrote. Um, these are all sort of kind of tenuously linked together um, by a sort of running thread of of being... Of, of being sort of activity-based. Um, and the first one is something that I've started doing um, recently during lockdown a lot. I sat outside at 5 a.m. to remember what fresh air was like. I watched a crow, filmed it cawing from the roof of what were student flats when there were students. Watched the footage Crow heard its own voice and was afraid. Sufficiently advanced technology, I thought. First couple of buses I saw, they were empty. First passenger I saw looked right at me. I only saw the eyes. Eyes all I needed, staring above the blue mask. This is the sign of the age that you feared. This is the crow-strewn summer. So that's that's called Harbinger. Um, and this next one, um, continuing with the theme of activity, this is this is stuff. Um, this is stuff a lot of us, the, the kind of thing a lot of us aren't able to get up to during lockdown. This is a poem called "But with Strangers." They say you should tell friends about these things. Encounters in hotel rooms, no real names, receptionists who note the lack of rings, the small talk in the lift, the minor things, the bigger stuff, hard, soft, establishing your limits, laying down rules for the game, what word to use or silent sign to give should the chance of speech be interdicted, mouth covered by a hand, airway constricted, to signal stop. Take care that it's mundane, as then you get that rush of blood from begging, saying no and knowing that no letting up's forthcoming, screaming, sobbing, all the things you see at night behind your blinking eyes, played out in beds that may as well be rings, where in a whip and chair tamed wild surmise, a sacramental violence is offered, change in essence and not accident, where lover is too small a word while others are as cliched as the codes on phone box cards, where, like a cartoon victim, you see stars, where, like a real one, you acquire scars. There are risks involved in doing this, it's true. That's why they say you should tell friends. I never do. And on a similar um, 
having gone from sort of um, group activities, this is, uh, I was thinking a lot uh, last week um, about, um, this is a poem I really wanted to do last week and I forgot to do it. So this is a, this is a poem called The Forces. Um, you said, I touched myself in the shower and tears came to my eyes. And I nodded in a non-committal way, but wanted to talk to you about the time when I got high on weed, smoked through a tinfoil pipe and worked my dick like it was being shoved inside me by someone fucking me as if it were a fight they had no chance of winning on points. And came so hard that that moment I thought I might die. Sometimes the forces which make you feel joy will hit you so hard that you cry. Um, thank you. That was incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so that is everyone for tonight. Does, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to scroll through. If anyone wants to go again, would you put your hand up? Oh, yes, we have one. Cool. So. Hello. Hello. Oh, slightly unprepared. Hang on, let me rummage through. Shall I go? <laughs> I'll go in at random. Here we go. Uh, so this is a traditional ghazal, or if you're listening in the States, it's called a fuzzle, I believe, called play on. Uh, okay. Let music break your silences tonight. It leads your feet in slow dances tonight. The strings are writing essays on the air. Our fingers are all novices tonight. If you need to hear it, let it sound. Turn your losses into chances tonight. Storytellers constant by the fire. She will sing the old romances tonight. The rhythm takes your heartbeat for a walk. A song will soothe your sadnesses tonight. The moon's a semi-breeve, the sky a stave. The lovers make their promises tonight. Our voices are like petals as they fall. Like a rose, I drop my melodies tonight. Thank you. Yeah. Lovely stuff. <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, would anyone else like to have another go? Trying to convince Andy to go. Cool, let's knock Finn on. Where's Andy? What about Andy? Let's see if I can actually tell him in the chat. What about Andy? Right. Yeah, yeah. What about Andy? Right, sorry. I, this is not one of mine. I just got, <laughs> I just got sent this through, and I'm not making a phone call this time. Uh, there's a, 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 someone I know was going to be on here tonight, but she never got the link sent through. 
she's not that far, she'll be on another time. It was a, she's a fairly new poet, and she keeps sending me her work. This is one I just got from her while I was on here, so I thought I'd read it to you. It's, um, yeah, it's quite a sad one. And she's put this, I wrote this for a friend of mine, but I won't send it to her. I just wanted a memory of our journey. We can do this. Cancer, the big C, and the worst word to hear. My doctor said it would go through treatment and be well in a year. The treatment got started. It was all new to me, but I knew I had to do it to get cancer free. The chemo was brutal. The hair loss upsetting. I couldn't cope with that. If that's the only treat, I could cope with that. If that's the only treatment I was getting. The cancer in my colon had spread and mutated. I ended up with a stoma and felt constipated. The cancer had spread to my lungs in more places. No more bad news, please. I just couldn't face it. We decided to go private and started a crowdfund page. The news wasn't good. I wouldn't live to old age. <clears throat> the money raised was a blessing and a treasure. It allowed me to make family memories. What a pleasure. The cancer consumed me. Hospital was my new home. I was robbed of a family time. I felt so alone. Blood transfusions and more meds gave me strength to do more. I got to go home for a while, the place I adore. I know that last Christmas will be my last on this soil. I'm angry, I'm furious. It makes my blood boil. I'm leaving behind my husbands and kids. They might grow up, they might be grown up, but their faces I miss. I've printed off photos, I've made my memory books. I'm in complete denial. I'm no longer able to cook. Each day I dig deep, I put a smile on my face. It's a devastating shame I'm not going to win this race. My time's been productive, but soon I must go. Some days I last time very soon and leave my family sobbing, heartbroken, all alone in the room. Wow. I just read that at the same time as I'm hearing you. <laughs> I think that's pretty good for a new I, I don't yeah. like genuinely this isn't me yeah. just like I, I don't I don't do that kind of thing I just like turn up here on a Wednesday and <laughs> talk. um but yeah uh, so it's just basically it's the same link every week so like yeah it is it's the same I think it's the same meeting idea every week yeah I'll just send I'll just send it to her next time she's not get managed next week she's away on holiday but um she's really wanting to get involved so no, that would be awesome because I, I remember you. I remember you. Um, yeah. oh, oh. I'm getting some kind of. I could hear myself twice. No idea why. Uh, okay, so um, I'm going to move off that chair because it's noisy apparently. Um, I got told I had really noisy furniture by Ken once. <laughs> um, but uh, so, like. Most of the stuff from the new book I've read to death to the point where you'll have heard it all, and I'm also kind of sick of it. Um, so I need to start writing again. Um, so I have like 
a bit of an old one that was in the first book, um, and it's quite extremely short. Um, basically, yeah, it's short and sweet, but I think looking back at it now, I want to extend it um, because there's a, a pattern to it. You'll be able to tell what it is. Um, but I'd like to take it further and see where it goes. Uh, anyway, it's called Home, and it is like six lines. All it took was one look. One look from those big bug eyes, those big bug eyes, and here you are now. Here you are now, burrowed beneath my skin. Beneath my skin, you made a home. You made a home of me. Thanks. Mm. Um, yeah, so like, I just like the whole like play on, like, you know, finish a line, start a line. Like, I think I could probably just drag that out a bit. Uh, I haven't written anything in ages. Um, what else have we got in here? Nothing that particularly. Like, no, does anyone else want to go? <laughs> Yeah, um, one last one. Who was that? Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, there you go. Thank you. It's a very old one, but, but um, what prompted me to think about it was the one that was read earlier by Holly when she was saying about uh, religion, and it's um. Again, it's one that might actually cause a little bit of offence if you are very religious, but however, I call it frail faith. I look up upon the face of God and see only the blank expression of mindless, unseeing, unfeeling denial. No special relationship, no chosen people, no more than insects underfoot scurrying as God turned away. I hear our race cry, frail faith. Why did you leave us? Were we not godly enough? Clever enough? I am here, my children, and as we turn and look, we see not God, but Satan's eager face and grasping hands. I want to end on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so does anyone else want to do one before we go? It's weird because so normally we make it like we'll have like seven or eight people read and it'll go on till half ten. Today yeah. we had like 15 people sign up and, and it's ten to ten. And yeah. yeah. Oh, hang on. Sorry, Leslie. Oh, yay. Leslie. There we go. Yeah. yeah. I just muted her. Mm -hmm. oh. oh, I'm unmuted now. Okay, there we go. Um, I think I've um, told everybody that I live in Mexico often, and uh, it's I've lived there for about 20 years, and so I have quite a relationship with it. And I like this poem because it's it's simple reportage. It happened. So um, it's called Etiquette. In the papelaria, I do not know the word in Spanish for labels, which I want to buy and feel I should, having been here long enough to know the word in Spanish, yet I don't. 
I search the brain and scan, which often looks, I'm sure, like I'm doing just that, as my eyes, I know from seeing it with others, reach up and go back and forth, back and forth, searching, seeking, scanning. The word is not there. It is not. I feel, of course, stupid at this point, insufficient, and say to the lady who I know in Spanish, I do not know the word for labels. I make up the word in Spanish because I don't know. Como se dice? And like a novice, once again, am reduced to pointing, grunting, pantomiming, and she says simply, I do not know all the words in Spanish. You cannot know all the words. You cannot know all the words in any language. It is impossible, she says, and we laugh. Mm-hmm. And she tells me simply and kindly the word for labels in Spanish. Etiqueta. Etiqueta, she says. Etiqueta. And repeats it over and over again simply and kindly so I will remember it. Etiqueta. Etiqueta. And with this kindness, with her etiquette in English, which is not her language, but mine, I am restored with my dignity intact. That's it. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I think Finn's gone. Bye, Finn. Bye, Finn. Bye. Oh, and Finn is gone. Um, so is that everyone? Mm-hmm. I think we do usually have like musicians on as well, though. So maybe yes. That's yeah. Can... So we yeah. did have someone scheduled. Um, like on the schedule, scheduled on schedule. Yeah, that sounds good. Um. Yeah, um, so I don't really know what happened there. Um, yeah. Well, maybe they'll come back next it's week. It's been an um, excellent poetry reading. It's been a wonderful time. Yeah, if everyone's, if everyone's done, I've that's cool. Great, great. It's awesome been really time. good. Like, it's been a yeah. lot of people here tonight. It's, it's been like really and fun. We moved on through it. It was a great night. You're right, Andy. It was it's good to see night. so many people again. Yeah. It's life changing. Poetry, right. love cool. it. Um, Thanks so, so much. I think I'll end the meeting. I on a raft without a patter. We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Anti-Trump is the antivirus or antibody to the Trump virus. We're a global alliance of humans standing up against the Trump brand. Antitrump.com started four years ago on March 19th, 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better world. Nobody thought it was going to be this bad. Most of us probably figured it would just be four more years of the same old... He was a 70-year-old babbling Nimrod. How bad could it really be? Treason is the last of his felonious activities. The Trump brand has hijacked our government and sold Lady Liberty to the mob. We are a leaderless and without the most basic health care systems and community services. 
COVID-19 is a pandemic, but the Trump brand is the virus. Welcome to the antivirus. Go to antitrump.com and spread the word. Individual politics aren't important. What is important is that we stand together as a unified voice and say enough is enough. That's antitrump.com. Welcome to Strictly Bad Vibes, your personal complaint department. Um, what, what the hell are we talking about? Um, whiny people and their stupid complaints that we requested they send us. Why do we do this? Why, why are we doing this? <laughs> None of which matters in this equation because it is his choice to carry such horse shit on the fucking train. And he was yelling, he was like, move it, bitch, move it, bitch, and, uh, and, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm just not, I'm not moving it, you know? I've arrived, why should I move? I don't like what work has been giving us at our free lunches. 115-340-1976, and it does not spell anything. 115-340-1976. One nine
Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious?